2: Welcome to Rota to Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. It's Monday, December 4th. You know what we do on Mondays? We bring in James McCool because it's Mondays with McCool. James McCool, the co author with me of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports 15 hour audio DFS masterclass, you can pick up at TheoryOfDFS.com. Hit that thumbs up button. First thing in the door. It's Monday. It's a little bit chilly, a little bit cold. So uh, hit that thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. James, I had a, I had a good day in props. I made money in DFS on DraftKings. FanDuel, not so much. Uh, apparently, the narrative is now. The Sims have destroyed DFS, apparently. Apparently, I look on Twitter, and based on the ownership that we, we've we seen, and we'll look at results DB. obviously, as we review this Uh past slate on the show and uh james thrash even posted a bunch of stuff earlier today about you know do you think the sims are having a bingit pack on ownership james did the sims kill everything how did you first off how did you do and then we'll talk about about the this 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 narrative
3: well we don't we don't really have to talk that much about how i (laughs) um i did okay (laughs) like i had uh i cashed one out of my three uh, it was a San Francisco overstack. So my best lineup was a Purdy plus A.J. Brown plus Devontae Smith plus Brandon Ayuk plus Debo Samuel. It was the best lineup that I had. Who the, um,
2: who, well, hold on. Did you fit anyone else in that lineup? The, used, who were you uh, playing? Did you have Brevin Jordan? I'm assuming you had like Brevin Jordan and like the cheapest defense or something?
3: Yeah, I had Brevin Jordan and then I had Zach Moss and Antonio Gibson. Um okay. which Antonio Gibson's forty five hundred in a game where they should be trailing by thirty the entire game. So I was fine with that. And Brian um,
2: Robinson got injured at the halftime, so you you were good there. Right,
3: which felt, you know, that was that was fine. That was good. But then I also had the Saints defense. I didn't even pay all the way down to defense. I played a defense that I thought was not the worst play on the slate, and he did they got zero. So um, but I had I had a San Francisco stack which was good, and then I had a Pittsburgh stack where Kenny Pickett got injured in the first like six seconds, and then I had a, uh, I had a Denver stack which was okay. The Denver stack was my second best stack, but um, I went Russell Wilson, Carlton Sutton, Jerry Judy, and I brought it back with Brevin Jordan and Noah Brown, who Noah Brown got zero fancy points even after Tank Dell broke his life in like the first quarter. Uh, so that was a bit of a bummer, but that one had, that one had Derrick Henry and Tyree Kill, So That was, that was a pretty good lineup. Um, but overall, I don't know. It was, it was an okay week. It was a week that I would be okay with most of the time, cashing one out of three. So how did you do?
2: I, I, I did fine. I mean, the tank tell injury actually was not the worst injury of yesterday. I don't know if you were watching. Did you see the the guy in the side, the the chain gang guy that got ran over by Kamara?
3: Yeah, I did, yeah. Straight up broke his leg.
2: I can't believe they showed and they I don't I don't know if they showed it again or something like that. It's like he gets he stumbles out of bounds and then next thing you know, it's like, okay, that guy's leg should not go in that direction. So like uh like uh that was that was that was wild. Well, there was um, that one. There
3: was um there was what Ramondre Stevenson as well, I think. Um I don't know there were there were a couple a couple of knee injuries.
2: My best lineup was a 49ers lineup, also. Obviously, they did well. But I mean I played I I didn't I didn't uh, play anyone on the other side and I just did Purdy McCaffrey Debo. Mm-hmm. And I just basically jammed in everyone that was necessary. Also, also a lineup that was working good early was the I, I played uh Goth, Amon Ra Laporta with Olave. Yeah and then jammed yeah. in cheap cheap crap from, from there. That was fine. Amon Rogers died. I don't know what happened there, right? He, he was fine. And then he just never caught the ball. Just the Lions yeah. just decided everything's going to Laporta at that point. So, so I can I catch a bunch of GPP entries. I swept in. I mean, I, if you're playing catch games on DraftKings yesterday, if you didn't play one of two lineups, you're bad. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> it's just simply put, you're bad. I mean, essentially, <laughs> I mean, essentially, I mean, what, I mean, was, what
3: was the train. what was the cash lineup yesterday? What was the cash lineup yesterday?
2: Well, the cash line, the secret chat, cash lineup. Yeah. What
3: was the, what was the, the train? Secret,
2: uh, the train was uh, Purdy, Moss, Rashad White, McCaffrey, Tyree Kill, Deontay mm-hmm. Johnson, Elijah Moore, Falcons defense. Some people may have played instead of Deontay Johnson, Falcons defense, Josh Downs, Colts defense, and some people played Russell Russell Wilson. Uh, Cortland Sutton rather than Deontay Johnson, Brock Purdy, like you, you had the 400 to do that, like which I was less enthused about. But if you played any of the, that, if, if 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 I did not just mention your cash lineup, like in dr- double ups or anything yesterday, you bet. bad. You bet. I mean, just you bet. bad.
3: I, the, the cash game core that I wrote up was Purdy, Moss, Rashad White, Tyree Kill, Christian McCaffrey, Brevin Jordan, the Falcons defense. So,
2: Right, whatever you, that, you yeah, did thinking, yeah, Brevin, right, that's exactly the, the, yeah. literally literally the lineup. Yeah. Whatever you couldn't you get away years years from that percent. lineup no matter what you did. If you if you took out anyone, you you lost like two points no matter what, especially Moss. You're not not fading that. Uh well and I find when that-
3: when you were to run the, the ownership optimals, you would get a hundred percent Purdy, a hundred percent Moss, a hundred percent white, a hundred percent Tyreek Hill, and a hundred percent Brevin Jordan. Like and, and like 80% Falcons defense. So it, it was like, it was, it was hard to get away from that. The, I did go kind of back and forth on, because I wanted to suggest Elijah Moore, but I didn't really want to attach a Cleveland wide receiver with Joe Flacco and cash, but like by ownership standards, it made sense. So
2: I, I, I catched the GPP with the, in the spy or something. One of the spies or red zones with the Flacco lineup. You played the more Flacco lineup in the spy. Or one of one of the single entries. That, I don't know. I forgot what I played. You,
3: you played a Flacco lineup in a
2: single entry? Yeah. You're bad. Why am I bad? <laughs> I did well. I Tyreek McCaffrey in that lineup. I'm good. I'm fine. Awful. Awful stuff. <laughs> uh uh, so the talking, but two talking points. We'll get to the sim crap uh in a, in a second. I find it, I find it. I find it funny. This this is this is why some people will will actually learn to play DFS well, and there are people that'll just never learn. Uh Zach Boss in the Millie Maker, right? Mm. 65% owned. Yeah. Okay. Now obviously, like in the in the four in the, the big Millie, the mega Millie, he was uh 84 and a half percent owned. Okay. Yeah. Tyreek Hill was 50 almost 55 percent owned in the mega. 45% owned in the middle. He Tyreek Hill was 45% owned. Tyreek Hill obviously uh smashed, right? 35 points. It possibly could have had more than that. Yeah. Had the had the game been somewhat competitive. Uh Zach Moss touched the ball seemingly. Seemingly a hundred times inside the 10 and didn't score a touchdown. Uh 7.7 7 points at 65% ownership. And if I told you that if I replayed that slate over and over again, I'd be much more likely to fade Tyreek than Zach Moss still, based on price and position. Mm-hmm. Yet people's takeaway from this could be, oh look, everyone said like I played Zach Moss in all twelve of my GPP lineups, mm-hmm. and uh, to be fair, you people won GPPs with Zach Moss in their lineup.
3: Yeah, I mean he's like, in seventy two percent of the top one percent lineups. Like he
2: right, uh, at getting seven points for forty six hundred isn't like isn't great, but it also doesn't kill you when he's also like sixty five percent owned, right. Tyreek Hill, if he got only like 18 points, you're dead. You're not winning first at 9,600 because you don't have salary for the rest of your lineup. So people's takeaways a lot, for the past slate is like, oh, you could have faded. You uh, Anyone that faded Zach Moss probably did well. Anyone that jammed in Tyreek Hill probably crushed. But that really isn't the case. Like,
3: Yeah, fun fact. In two of my three lineups, I didn't have Zach Moss. And in all of my lineups, or in and in those two lineups, I had Tyree Kill. Guess which lineups didn't cash?
2: <laughs>
3: the ones with Tyree Kill, not Zach Moss. The one with right. Zach Moss cashed because I was able to stack the entirety of San Francisco, Philadelphia.
2: Right. But I just but I just think people would be very results oriented and look and go, Oh, look, the 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 chalkiest Chalkerson guy failed. So that means the next time a situation like this comes up, then it's okay. Oh, you can you don't have to play. You don't have to play a guy with a 77-yard rushing prop and uh, and a but my, minus 160 touchdown prop and projects for 17, 18 points as a mean at the same price as a wide receiver two of a garbage team or something like that like yeah. in a running back spot. Yeah, Zach Moss...
3: Uh- what I basically wrote up was... It's not that he's a bad play by any means. Like, he's a really good play. He projects well. The odds on his on his props, like you mentioned, were really good. Um, I did note that you have to... Anytime that a player is 60% owned in NFL, you have to think about the downside. Like, you, you can't just blindly play that. Even if they project can, really well, well.
2: I blindly played it.
3: Well, yeah, but we discussed this at the beginning. You're bad. So... <laughs> Um, well, you, no, have, you, you s- have
2: to be cognizant of how you're building your lineups.
3: It's- yeah, you have you have to think about the way that you put together lineups and and the way that that downside can be built in. Uh, basically, the at the at the end of the way that I was breaking down the slate, the only thing that I said in regards to whether you should or shouldn't play Zach Moss is that you should not play him and Tyree Kill together. Um, simply because yeah, I mean, of the you know, common still do
2: that, you have to be even more cognizant of the rest of your life
3: Right, right. But I I write that, things. I write things into the easiest path towards having some sort of success and the combinatorical implications of having Zach Moss and Tyreek Hill when they would be so highly combined together. This is why we built the correlation matrix. This this is why we built tools that let you see the highest combinations. In large field GPPs, I thought that it was important to avoid Zach Moss and Tyreek Hill together. In single entry, you just play them together because they're 60% owned and they both project incredibly well. But in larger fields, I thought that it was important to separate those two.
2: You didn't have um, to do I play you played Joe Flacco. Yeah, well, don't play Joe Flacco. But you do. I want I I play Zach Morris, Tyree Hill, look, and then I play I played, I played, I played I played Kenny I Pickett. Pickett and George Pickens, and knowing then it doesn't matter. Well, I, I get that, but it's still
3: that like you still have to think about these things. You do still have to think about these things. Because not everybody is going to play Joe freaking Flacco or Kenny Pickett. So you, you still right, have to you play Derek to
2: Carr, play. Chris Olave, Juwan Johnson, zero. And then it's, it doesn't matter what, what Tyreek Hill gets. You right. But most is. people are
3: not going to be playing the Derek. You, you're, you are thinking in a way of when you build out your lineups and say, oh, well, I already have Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, which is the same thing that I did for the most part. Uh, like you are thinking through that way, but most people who are building out lineups and reading content and everything like that are just looking and saying, "Oh, I'm going to play this combo, and it's going to let me get Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk, or it's going to let me get Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, and Cortland Sutton." Like the the reason why I wrote that is for the people who are thinking that way and the people who are just looking at the projections, because when you just look at the projections, you're going to come up with a really really Highly correlated and highly duplicated, highly possibly duplicated lineup based on having Zach Moss and Tyreek Hill together. Yeah, you have to bad. think about those. They things.
2: bad. You, they bad. you
3: Jordan, do not have to think about those things.
2: Be good. They bad.
3: No, you're bad because he played a Joe freaking Flacco lineup. I, can't I have other Joe words.
2: Flacco lineup. What do you? What what does, does it matter? It was a money single money? entry. What
3: are you doing? Anyway, but, um, he was
2: 071 percent owned. Why can't they do that? Because that sucks.
3: That's why. People are what?
2: So so you're telling you're telling me that that Elijah Moore is twelve percent owned, and then like all the people that are playing twelve percent own Elijah Moore and eight percent and Joku, no one's playing Flacco with them. So when they do well, I'll have Flacco and I'll also have Christian McCaffrey and Tyree Hill in my line.
3: Yeah, you're right. You're gonna have Joe Flacco, who just got off the couch and was hanging out with Vinny Testaverdi as a 38-year-old. And yeah, he's going to be able to like give you low ownership, but whatever, man. Joe Flacco sucks. He did
0: well. <laughs> Joe Flacco did well.
3: Want to results oriented. Before the slate, he sucks. Anyway.
2: What, well, well, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, it looks, it throws the 201, I'm fine.
3: Anyway, you're bad. And people need to think about these things still. Anyway, Zach Zach Moss is a great playing single entry. Tyreek Hill was a great playing single entry. Larger people fields I thought you should avoid them together.
2: People were talking about like I saw on Twitter, like ownership. Oh, the ownership is way. Well, let me let me look at the the regular millie. The thing that I I I adjust owner like when people complain about ownership projections, I I'm off on certain people, not not I mean often enough certain people, but in general directionally, like, dude, people don't don't they? I think people underestimate. It's not a Sims thing. They underestimate people, especially in large field contests like the Millie, will play players that fit one of these three criteria way more than what you would expect. One, if they're great plays like Zach Moss, Tyreek Hill, head above shoulders at their positions, the best plays on the slate, Right. So they're gonna be they're they're gonna be higher on than you think. Whatever whatever our roto grinder's projected ownership is, it's gonna be higher. Number two, people people like playing high total good in game, game environments. So like, if you see it, a, a game that looks good, like from a from a football standpoint of like, oh, a, a lot of points are going to be scored. People are gonna gravitate to it so if people are playing the dolphins they're gonna play other dolphins they're gonna play they're gonna play anyone against the dolphins like anything in that game eagles 49ers it's like if people are playing purdy if they're playing McCaffrey. you're gonna see a lot more of that those games you're not gonna see Brees hall Brees hall could project decently and be like who the hell wants to play a jet hmm. so we'll we'll have his projected ownership based on his actual mean projection of like 12 or something 13 as like four or five, like 5%, 6%. No, he'll be like 2%. Because people don't want to play Jets. People don't want to play Falcons, Be John's owners. Like, you take a look at the game environments and go, people gravitate to good game environments. So any players from good game environments, they're going to be way more owned than you think. And the bad game environments are going to be way less owned than you think. And the third is recency bias. Right, anyone that did well last week and you know that type of stuff. But then you also have to look at salary. So you take a look, and people are like Curtis Samuel, 23% owned. How the hell does that happen? Well, yeah, because we it happened because-
3: fantasy points last game.
2: Well, that and also there are tons of people playing Tyreek Hill. They're playing dolphins. Mm-hmm. Right? So you take a look, you take a look at at like Sam Howell was 14% owned. Tua mm-hmm. was 17%. Look, look at this game. This game accounted for 31% of quarterback ownership and people correlate with their quarterbacks. So you're going to see a lot of Tua, Tyreek, McLaurin, Samuel, Logan Thomas, Sam Howell on the other side, Jalen Waddell coming back. You're going to see a lot of that stuff. Even though your ownership projections, or if you simmed a rational, irrational field, the ownership wouldn't come out to be this, like this, in a rational field. The thing is that the field isn't rational. Right. Ownership projections almost assume the field is at least close to rational. And have you seen DFS players like have you seen them? I mean I'm talking about the bad ones. Have you have you of <laughs> yeah. them they're, they're not they're not rational. These aren't rational. These are people that cannot be negotiated with. They are not rational. Uh So that's why that's why ownership projections could, but look Taysom Hill was 4% owned in a quarterback <laughs> slot on on draftKings at 5200.
3: No, he, Taysom no, no, Hill no was okay.
2: high. Taysom Hill was higher on than Joe Flacco, James.
3: <laughs> and he should, and he should have been because Joe Flacco well, was.
2: Flacco first. beat him. He got 17. Taysom Hill got 15.
3: Results oriented. <laughs> Results. I agree with you. Uh, uh, people, w- one of the things that I ran into when I was building out a contest sim, um, and something that I still think that the field is not doing well enough is, when you build out a contest sim, you have to be really, really careful not to build a contest sim that builds good lineups, which is which sounds weird, but like a portion of your contest sim has to suck, like, like a good portion of your contest sim has to just be bad. A, very, a, big,
2: a big portion of you, you, you download the CSV to the millimaker and you're trying to build line like, dude, I would say a good. 10 to 15% of lineups are lineups that you look at and you go, I don't know what person put this. I mean, it's, it's not like it's illogical, right? Like there are illogical lineups. There are people that put in well-projected lineups that just like, well, if you were going to play that guy, why don't you play this guy? Because he's correlated with the other guy. Like there are stuff like that, but I can tell you there's 10, 15% of lineups that you literally look at and you go, not sure, not sure. Really. No, know, probably three Jets receivers in the lineup without Tim Boyle kind of, kind of doesn't make sense. And why did you leave 2,800 on the table? Like, yeah. it's one of those, like, those are those lineups of, like, I don't know how you even get to that. I just, like, was, was this the default? Is this one of these things where it just defaults to that and he never changed it or something? Like, you get a lot of those lineups and good luck, James. You're on your end trying to make contest sims. How the hell do you predict what those lineups look like? Oh,
3: no, 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 I, I I have a really good way to solve it. I have a really good way to solve it because i'm I'm not optimizing. my contest sim doesn't optimize. my contest sim builds lineups. It's a lineup generator. and then there's a portion that is optimized. and then there is a portion that is correlated based on historical values in contests. so like the there there's a large portion there's like I don't know what the the like exact amount of it in the contest sim is because it runs on some random generation, but like there's at least fifteen to twenty percent of the field in my contest sim that is just like lineups thrown together. That the, like literally, it might be like a forty four thousand dollar lineup that is not correlated at all and has five Jets players. Um, and I think that's the way that it needs to be done. Like that, there needs to be some sort of this lineup is absolutely awful. There needs to be some sort of this lineup is duplicated, you know, thirty times or whatever, because because if you optimize and you can't simulate into duplicated lineups, like there has to be this level of randomness and stupid stuff that happens. Um, and, and like, I, I just think that a lot, especially when we talk about contest sims, and I and I talked about this over on the on my YouTube channel. So many of the contest sim models that are built out there are being used to like try to say that the field is good when it's not with so much of the field is bad. I I'm sure that we'll talk about the Justin Freeman tweet later on. Like, I mean, but I
2: I agree with nerdy Tedder in the chat. If uh, he says, I've not done it, but if I was sitting in the Millie field, I would probably just pretend the contest was 25% smaller. And could be Travis asked, like, what would be the reason for it? It instead, see his, his, his thinking, I'm more in line, like, he, he's thinking more bluntly, and you're thinking more more precisely. Like, precisely, yeah. you want to throw in these 25% of these lineups that are just like, what the hell are these lineups? Yeah. So your your contest sim could be more accurate. I think I think from Nerdy Tanner's standpoint is that 25% of the field is just so hopelessly bad that why don't you just act like you're not even competing against those lineups at all because you're, well, those because lineups ordering- are losing 5x the rake you just want to sim yourself against the 75% of the field that actually could make a competent line. No, you don't. If
3: not, not if you, not if the end goal is to project your realistic expected value of your lineups. Not if that is the end goal. Now, if your goal is well, yeah, just no, to I say,
2: mean, you're not going to get, pers- you know, how precise is that going to be regardless?
3: I, I, I try to build things in terms of if I continue to refine this and make it perfect, then I have an end goal of X. That's how I try to build things. I'm not there. I don't think that my contest sims are perfect. In fact, I don't think that my I don't contest think anyone sims are anyone can ever point. get
2: there. I mean, dude, what? some of these the 25% of the field of a milli maker, like had, like, dude, the accuracy of the lineups that come to actual, I mean, dude, you know how many combinations there could possibly be. No, and there's I know. no logic behind there's so little logic behind some of these lineups that, like, how would you you couldn't even program it?
3: I'm with you. I I'm totally with you. Um, and and I think that it is it's one of the reasons why I think that contest sims are never going to kill DFS or whatever these people are saying, because like when you think about how a contest sim is made, what, what we have right now is basically like arithmetic when we're trying to deal with calculus. Like it's just not even close. Um, but the, the best that we can do right now is try to set something up to be either blunt, which there are a couple different sim products on the market that are blunt and then there are a couple that are trying to be more precise. Um, and there are trade-offs in going either way. I, I don't think that there is a right or wrong answer with where we are at with contest sims now. Um, my My way of going about it is saying, I know that a lot of the field is bad, but I still want to try to project the entire field because I think that it's important to have the bad lineups in there and compete against the bad lineups. When you upload a portfolio into a contest sim, Sure, you want to see how well you're going to do on the entire field. But if you're leaving out 25% of the field, then you're leaving out, you know, so so many lineups that you are competing against. Like you still have to compete against those lineups in real work in the real world. So theoretically, yes, it it makes it um bluntly more applicable the way that Nerdy Tenner is saying it. But I think that in practice, you are losing out on. A, a pretty decent amount of the precision that comes with what you are trying to do with the contest sim in and of itself.
2: Right, and Justin, Justin tweeted about, uh, like how many uh, a poll polls of like what percentage of the field? And he's obviously talking about entries, not users, right, of a milli field. So a hundred, like, there's one hundred and sixty three thousand ninety eight entries into the milli yesterday what percentage would you say are created by either Sims or an optimizer? Some, some methodology that doesn't involve you like hand selecting plays and -hmm. plugging them in and building manually to some degree. Right. So like how, how many are these are built by lineup HQ or by insert your optimizer or, sim labs or insert sim product or and uh the poll last time i checked the poll results uh the most popular was like 50 plus percent and i just i i i laughed that is
3: hilariously wrong that is drastically i I tweeted
2: that i said this is this is it's like people don't understand how much of a bubble that we're in (laughs) <laughs>
3: I said that as far as hand built, I clicked 35%, but it's probably closer to 50. Like it's, it's a lot of hand builds. Because like think think about think about the dynamics of this, right? And you agree with me on this, but think about the dynamics of what a field like the Millimaker is built up of. If you say, let's let's assume that 35% of the field is hand building. All right, let's assume you chose that option. That would mean that we have another 65% of all entries to to be made up by optimizers and simulations. So then you have to think, all right, what is the deviation between those two? And when you think about it that way, are you trying to say that maybe 50% is built up by optimizers? And then 15% is built up by Sims. I don't think that more than 10% is built up by Sims right now. I don't even think more than 5% is built up by Sims right now. I, I would guess it's somewhere in the 2 to 3% range. And that's only by the super users. That's not even by, like, the dudes. So, like, if 5 to 10% is simulated lineups... That would have to assume that sixty percent of the field is made up by optimizers, and that's just wrong. Sixty percent right. of the field doesn't even have access to an optimizer. So that is that is just drastically wrong, drastically. And it goes back to what we were just saying: twenty to twenty-five percent of the field is just freaking dead, like like just straight up dead. And those right, people we're specifically are specifically like, talking about
2: the twenty-dollar main milli contest
3: yeah the, right? the largest field contest or
2: we're or not the talking about this plan we're not talking about other sports we're talking about this contest i don't think people realize that on a given sunday during football season 3 million plus people play on draftkings individual users 3 million Million, yeah, there's only 163,000 entries into this, but I mean, obviously, there's other contests and other right. And this is from, and I'm citing a figure from like three years ago, okay? So, three million people, there are three million active users on DraftKings DF, DFS, not sportsbook DFS on a Sunday, yeah, 300 yeah. individual active. And we're talking about like, oh, do you think the sim products are like, dude. Do you know how many people wake up in the morning and play, put put together a $20 lottery ticket for this contest? That's the that's the bulk of who plays this. That's yeah. why they, that's why these edges exist. No. So, like if I, I it comes back to the same things of like when I when I I've told people, like I've seen the data on how many people late swap, like users, and it's like so drastically low like low, low, they'd be like, how is it possible? Like you would think that when they know it's like, no, most of the audience I w- I was told uh, as, as a proxy, this is what I was told a couple of years ago. If they, if they, if DraftKings sent out a survey, they haven't done this, but the, 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 he wanted to make the point to me that if DraftKings sent out a survey and uh to all the users on DraftKings and the only question was have you ever heard of Roto Grinders that's heard just literally heard of Roto Grinders which is the oldest and most known daily fantasy content site ever right you could say oh you maybe 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 you're here watching you love us and maybe there's other places you like better that's one thing but who hasn't heard of roto grinders? Well, they right. said if they sent out a survey, they'd say that 90 plus percent of people would say they'd never heard of roto grinders. Right. 90% of people don't have access
3: to a basic projection system. But basic.
2: These are people just building lineups because they just are building a lineup. It they may listen to some po- they may listen to a podcast. They may like they they may look at the ESPN article or like yeah. at someone like like dude they may be reading you know will write something for Roto Baller or something like that like they may read some stuff but they're not like they're not approaching DFS like we're doing on this show no. or on Roto Grinders at all they're approaching it as it's a twenty dollar lottery ticket what are, what are some good what what are some good you know they have their season long league that they care about more mm-hmm. right that they have in the office or amongst their friends and they're like, I'm going to throw together a $20 lineup, right? Start, sit. And maybe they're playing players that they already have on their, their season long team. I mean, like, and then they check in that they'll Google, they'll Google uh, uh, best players for week 13 and like Google a couple of articles and go, Oh, Oh, I didn't realize that Jonathan Taylor was, this is Sunday morning. They're like, Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't realize Zach Moss was so, so cheap. Yeah. I guess I, I, this guy says he's a must-play, so okay, I got that guy in my lineup. Like that—that's ninety percent of people that play DFS. Why do you think there's an ad? Why do you think we still play this? Right. If that wasn't the bulk of the people, then they, the rank would be too high, and we 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 none of us would. Win.
3: That's why NFL season is the best season to play. Like it's the it's just it's crazy to think that people still. And, like, we'll, we'll talk about the whether sims have killed DFS, like, more in depth, I'm sure. But they, people just have no concept of what we're dealing with when it comes to the kind of people that we're looking at. And I think that a lot of that comes from kind of a misunderstanding of, one, how to build out models and projections and stuff like that. Because when you build stuff like that, you have to look at what the field has been doing. You have to look and, like, you look, Jordan, you, you look at what the field has been doing. So, you have a good understanding of just how bad a lot of these players are. And you can't come to those lineups using an optimizer or using a simulation product or, or using any kind of like reliable projection system. You, you just can't. They're, they're literally lineups that you look at and you think that this person has never watched football. And they're just picking names out of a hat. Like It's, it's like if Margaret builds a lineup of all of the most attractive baseball players, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that makes up a lot of the NFL ecosystem.
2: Skip so, S and chat says, I've been with DFS since day one. I still make bad lineups constantly.
3: I made a terrible lineup last week. Why did I build a Pittsburgh lineup? What's wrong with me? No, I that lineups. I played good, Joe Flacco, right? right? Apparently <laughs> yeah, that was bad. lineup. That lineup's terrible. What are you doing? you put it in a single injury you're bad but yeah it's and to to clarify skip us the reason why we say that 20% of the lineups are are just dead on arrival and just straight up not good uh blunder and i have talked about this a couple of times but th- th- there's a there's a tr- a large handful especially in nfl um it's a little bit lower in something like nba a little bit higher in something like mlb of lineups that are just straight up that they either don't have the upside, or their median projection is too low, or their ownership is too high. Like they legit don't have a realistic chance to win a GPP. They they're just bad lineups. That um, that I, I
2: I, for for instance, uh, playing poker last last year in December, playing poker here live at that uh, Caesar's Southern Indiana. There there was a there was a guy at the t- I literally saw him. I mean, I was been playing with him for a while. That he opened up the DraftKings app it was it was uh, Sunday open up draft it was literally Sunday it's NFL Sunday yeah and he opened up and the DraftKings app and he was checking like his DFS lineups and I said said who who do you, he was sitting right next to me he said who do you got I said 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 yeah I I, pl- I play this every so often this is a this is a profitable pro- poker player so I am expecting someone that's like oh someone that Pro- probably probably watched my shows or something. I mean, like that type of stuff. And I and he had he had uh, like three lineups in the twenty dollar millimaker maker, and he showed me one of his lineups. And like obviously, I was playing. You know, I I was I'm I had lineups in, and I looked at the lineups and I go like, how did you build a lineup and you missed like five of the top projected players, right? Like, like on and I I said he said wow, very contrarian lineup. He said uh, said you you really. He really faded the chalk right there, and he looked at me and he said, "What? Do, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> what does chalk mean? I know. What does that even mean?" I said, "I said you did whatever the 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 the, the highest projected players for like the value plays." I'm like, "Well, you didn't play this guy, that guy, and that guy." And he goes, "Goes yeah, yeah." And then he, and it, whatever the highest total game was, he said, "Yeah, but th- but but this this t- uh, this team is uh has a horrible defense, so I figured I'm just gonna play like four guys from that game." <laughs> even though they were horrible that va- like horrible values and stuff. And and like, he had like a, like a, a punt tight end that like literally was like a tight end three, even though there was like a $2,700 tight end that was actually getting like a 14% target share that in cash games was like 47% owned. And it's like, like, why did you play the, the third tight end for Carolina instead of like the $2,700 tight end that projected for 11 points? I mean, Right. Yeah, but like his Trey reaction McBride was kind was of right there, man. Trey McBride was 2,900. Right. It was something, it was something like that. But I mean, his reaction was essentially, I don't even understand what you're even talking about. I'm just trying to pick players that I think are going to do well. And this is someone that plays poker like well. And like you think mindset wise, it's like, mm-hmm. no, this person is just literally gambling on three lineups. Yeah. And that's gambling- the bulk yeah. of people that play. It's crazy if you're watching this show there's 60 people right now watching this show we're not normal <laughs> we're not the we're not the normal people no you may think no, that the, the, oh well how about all the people that listen to all these shows and those shows and this thing like dude there's three million people that play on on Sunday take a look at their view counts on on YouTube it's nowhere close to three million right right take a look at any fantasy like it's it's dude so that that's why these arguments that that I that I see, right? <laughs> TJ posted, right. we're not normal, you're weird. But that's why I did the sim. Oh, the sims gonna kill DFS. Dude, so much of the field doesn't even know that this content even exists, let alone yeah. they're building it themselves. Like the Sims aren't killing anything. They're not killing anything. At least not now. I don't think they ever will. I don't think it ever will. I, I,
3: I think that it is. And, and I, it's kind of the same way that I feel about AI technology right now, where like people have these, these illusions of grandeur of what technology can be capable of and like building out artificial general intelligence based on AI models and machine learning and LLMs and everything like that. And like the, the architecture and the structure of what AI can produce now is really cool in and of itself in what you are asking it to do like chat gpt is cool but if you ask chat gpt to play chess then it's going to get its ass kicked right like it can't actually do cool things outside of just answer questions that it found on the internet same thing kind of with contest sims like contest sims in and of its in and of themselves are a really cool thing that the industry has put together but like When it comes to the end game of what will actually kill DFS, I don't think we'll ever get there. There are too many moving parts, there are too many unknowns, there are too many unknown unknowns, and there are too many things that are too subject to human nature and a logical thinking. Right? Like here here's here's the thought experiment, right? Say that for for contest sims to be able to kill DFS. Contest sims have to be able to perfectly, per, like say say that we can perfectly project uh, in, in NBA, we get to the point where we can project a player's fantasy points within one standard deviation 95% of the time, right? Like say we, we can do really, really well with NBA projections. This is in the future. We're not even there yet, right? Then we have to be able to project ownership. To within one standard deviation, 95% of the time, right? So that's where the crux is. Because with contest sims, if you run a contest sim and the projected ownership for a player is 75% and their optimal ownership is 55%, all of the people who use contest sims will then drop down his ownership to below 55% and in turn make it so his ownership then drops below the optimal rate. To where then now he is underowned and should be overowned. You can't build a contest sim that is ever going to kill DFS because there is that nature. You can't capture that. You can't capture it. So well, like he
2: captures that, that's how his that's how his stuff runs. It runs against each other. And I agree, and I agree with him in the chat. The question is not whether or not the sims are perfect, the question is are they good enough to win? And
3: and we will get to the point if they're good where good enough they
2: to are, win, who cares? Then win. Right, so so then them.
3: you can end up winning with them, but they will not kill DFS. That, that's that is the point that I'm trying to make.
2: I fact, don't that think we've that been either... having these arguments means it's not even going to kill DFS. I
3: know, I know. We've been talked
2: about DFS is going to be dead for ten years, but like right. it's it's just, you know it's a talking point. I can still and, I can still talk to to smart people that oh uh, uh, you you use a computer to select your lineup. That isn't what fantasy football is, and I'm like, <sighs> well, thank you for your money. Thank you for contributing. <laughs> right. to, you could just Venmo me if you'd right. like, it's like I'll, i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to suck it out of the ecosystem as much as i can and hopefully the, the rake stays the way it is but that's kind of what it like i just i just wanted to like highlight cuz when i see 500 responses of how many lineups are in the millimaker done by sims and optimizers and people are putting in 50 75% and i'm like like dude it's not you're not even in the you're thinking like dude 75% of lineups are being put in by just guys sitting on the toilet Right. Right.
3: (laughs) Profitable DFS dies when not enough bad people play. Full stop. Mostly agree with that. Yep. Mostly agree. Otherwise, it's just you know you you get into the that there was some talk in the chat about higher stakes DFS and um, you know a a lot of the high high stakes stuff. I mean, we're talking like the twenty five hundred, the forty, the four thousand four forty four, that kind of stuff. The ten thousand dollar three mans. They're just trading money back and forth, paying the rake, and just like giving each other money. You know, they're waiting and for
2: whales. It's very similar to like, you know, like a poker games going on between, you know, four or five high stakes, good players. Right. And then just waiting for the, the million dollar businessman to like, he wants to play that day type of right. type of thing.
3: Well, and, and that was, you know, that the downfall of, of Sahil was that he basically, he became that whale and, and that that'll happen. If you, if you get to the point where you're, you're overextending yourself. Um, but that's, that that's that's kind of what it becomes at the the end stage of DFS is when people are just trading money back and forth, and there's not enough people to take money from.
2: So it's better um, for us, James, if if people didn't get better.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So
2: we well actually, but so basically, James, what you're saying, I just want to get we we'll get you down on the record that yeah. that you're you're on shows to make sure people don't get better.
3: Well I'm on shows to make sure that I can help people get better that want to get better but I'm also not on shows for three million people for 300 million people if I started doing shows for 300 million people I'd stop doing shows
2: right so we want so so basically so our stance is that we want the 60 people watching currently to get better but no one else right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want
3: the 300 people that subscribe to Pater to be really, really good, and nobody right. else. I want everyone else to be, right. I want everyone else to play Joe Flacco, Elijah, Moore lineups every single week in single entry,
2: and I don't want are the anybody Browns on next week's slate. I will do it again if he's that cheap. <laughs> you well i know you will. i will absolutely play a joe flacco lamari cooper elijah morden joe what what are the browns play? i will absolutely do that <laughs> assuming that he's under 5k why the hell not he didn't do badly at all that was a quarterback upgrade for them it was actually a quarterback upgrade for them that's that's not uh wrong. james so uh people could find you Pater dfs.com
3: yeah. Yeah. Peter Um, been really putting in a lot of work for, uh, for sports betting stuff. And we're going to have some content over in the discord for the in-season tournament. Um, there's a lot of stuff over on the sports books for filling out brackets that looks like it has a lot of overlay. So I'm going to be probably trying to hit those for the in-season tournament, but you can find me on Twitter over at pater underscore DFS. If you want to talk to me on there for some reason.
2: Right, and you can join our Discord as well, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. I got my own channel in there for premium members. Uh, hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those dummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to always know when we go live. We got NBA stuff today. We got uh, the oh, Monday Night Football. We got a pre-lock show. We got Sim Labs. You can still use that for free for the time being uh make make your showdown lineups we got we got an nhl slate we got tons of stuff going on so subscribe to roto grinders click on that link in the description get ten dollars off your first month and i'll see you tomorrow oh tim's on tomorrow we got some nhl nhl because there's not much going on on tuesday so i'll see you then as as i always do monday through friday 11 o'clock eastern talking about all things you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick them on we <laughs>